Welcome back to Current Affairs, our show about the stories of love gone fatally wrong that are in the news right now. If you're new to Love Murder, our main show, which spends 90 minutes to two hours going really deep on a single case, comes out every Wednesday, and our quick catch-up show about current events comes out every Friday. Today, Andy is traveling, so this will be just me and a slightly shorter catch-up current affairs focused on the latest updates in the Ruby Frankie child abuse case, the case of children's book author and accused murderer Corey Richens, and even an update about Adnan Saeed of serial fame. First up, the case of Ruby Frankie. For a full background on the case, check out our current affairs episode from September 8th. For those just coming in, Frankie was a YouTuber who espoused some very strict parenting styles to her more than 2 million followers. A couple years ago, she started collaborating with a therapist named Jody Hildebrandt, who, if anything, had even more extreme views. Well, there had been numerous points of controversy surrounding Frankie and her parenting, things blew open at the end of last month when a 12-year-old boy broke out of a house that would later be determined to be Hildebrandt's and went to the neighbors begging for food and water and to call the police. Frankie and Hildebrandt were subsequently arrested, and each week it seems more information comes out. One of the big questions has been, where was the father and husband as all of this was happening? Kevin Frankie was not arrested alongside his wife and her business partner, and this week we finally got comments from Kevin's attorney, Randy Kester. According to Kester, Ruby and Kevin had been separated for approximately 13 months. He said Kevin did not want to be separated. He wanted to work through concerns as a family. There was never any formal written decree of separate maintenance or separate agreement. The separation was under terms proscribed by Ruby and Jody Hildebrandt. Now, you might be asking yourself, even if they were separated, shouldn't the dad have some visibility into what's going on with his children? Ruby's sisters said as much in a YouTube video last week, but Kester bit back that they were out of the loop as well. Kester added, Kevin never had any reason to believe that his children were being abused. If he had even one inkling that his kids were being abused and that this separation wasn't for any other purpose than to figure out a way between he and Ruby to reunite their family, he would have been down there in two seconds. <sighs> Since we're talking about people who probably should have been more involved in protecting these kids, we've also gotten more information about the welfare checks that police performed prior to the arrest. For example, on September 18th, 2022, Ruby's eldest daughter, Sherry, who was in school at BYU, asked police to check the home. She said that neighbors had gotten in touch with her to let her know that her younger siblings had been home alone since September 14th. When the police arrived, they said they were able to see the kids through the windows, but they weren't able to make contact with them. Apparently, several neighbors were standing around, offering evidence of the neglect and other weirdness going on at the household. Those neighbors, by the way, have had lots to say subsequent to the arrest. One called her a walking contradiction, saying that while she preached about the quote-unquote evils of lust, she was known in the neighborhood for being fairly forward with men. One neighbor said she was very flirty with men, to where I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. She'd be very flirty with you, especially if she caught you alone going out to the mailbox or something like that. And then at the same time, publicly, she would act differently. Now bringing back things to the present, the case moves on. This week, Hildebrandt had her counseling license frozen. Margaret Boosie, the executive director of the Utah Department of Commerce, said, given the heinous abuse allegations, 
the agency felt that the surrender of the license was the best course of action to protect the safety of Hildebrandt's patients and clients. There was also supposed to be a bail hearing in the case on Monday, but about an hour before it was set to begin, it was postponed until October. The official reason was that the Utah state court said that they needed, quote, additional time to review copious amounts of discovery. Next up, we turn to the story of Corey and Eric Richens. Ooh, boy, this case was captivating to media, not only because a wife and a mother was accused of killing her husband, but because that very same wife had written a children's book about coping with grief after her husband died. We tell the full story on the May 11th episode of Current Affairs, but basically a Utah dad and small business owner died of what his surviving wife claimed was an accidental fentanyl overdose. Months after the death, wife Corey wrote a children's book to help her boys deal with the death of their father and even did a bit of a media tour to promote it. Authorities ultimately decided that the death was not so accidental, however, and arrested Corey for murder. It turns out that she was millions of dollars in debt and had numerous life insurance policies out on her husband. Well, as if murder charges were not enough, Corey has now added witness tampering to her hit list. Basically, authorities found a six-page letter in Richen's Summit County jail cell that appears to direct her brother to give false evidence. The letter appears to direct her brother, Ronnie Darden, to tell her lawyer that a year before Eric died, he had confided to his brother-in-law about his pill and fentanyl addiction. She wrote, The connection has to be made with Mexico and drugs. Ronnie will have the messages to prove Eric confided him about getting high. It can be short and to the point, but it has to be done. Upon information and belief, lol. That's not my lol. She wrote lol. She added, reword this however you need to make the point. Just include it all. The goal ostensibly was to add credibility to Corey's argument that her husband was an addict. The note also says to tell the story in person rather than on the phone saying, I worry sometimes your house and phone are bugged. At this point, both prosecutors and defense attorneys are prevented from speaking to the media about the case. But prosecutors' feelings are made fairly clear by a filing from earlier this month where they asked the judge to grant a no-contact order between Corey, her mother, and her brother. Lastly today, we turn to the case of Adnan Saeed, the case that will just never end. You will undoubtedly know the case as the subject of the first season of the breakout true crime podcast serial nearly a decade ago. A year ago, Saeed was released from prison after his conviction for the murder of his high school girlfriend, Heyman Lee, was vacated. Lee's family, however, appealed that decision, saying that they weren't given appropriate time to get to the hearing, among other complaints. In March, that conviction was reinstated, while the Maryland Supreme Court looks into whether Heyman Lee's family's rights were violated. Well, this week on Tuesday, Saeed told reporters that there had been prosecutorial misconduct in the case, including racial discrimination, as well as withholding evidence that could have helped his case. In a press conference held in his living room, he said that he had, quote, two new pieces of information that the attorney general needed to be made aware of. That included AT&T phone records, as well as a copy of a letter that he said contained threats to kill Hay. Despite Saeed's two-hour presentation, the AG quickly denied Saeed's request for an investigation. A spokesperson said that the AG's office doesn't have the authority to investigate prosecutorial misconduct and then would not comment further. Next up are oral arguments before the Supreme Court of Maryland in October. So that's going to do it for this week's Case Catch-Up edition of Current Affairs. We will be back with Andy and some new cases next week. For Current Affairs, I'm Jesse Prey. Hold up. 